Hey guys, Jeff here from BestTechie.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 38. Today I'm speaking with Mike Murphy, Deputy Tech Editor at Quartz. We discuss how Quartz determines what to cover, whether an iPad Pro can be used to replace your computer, what the best tech gifts are this year, CES, and so much more. Enjoy. Also, a programming note, it has been such an incredible year and I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in each and every week. And I just also want to say that this will be the last episode for 2018, but we'll be back, don't worry, with new episodes in early 2019. I hope everyone has a great holiday season and a happy new year. This podcast is supported by Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your own professional website. Choose a template you love or start from scratch, drag and drop to customize anything, and use advanced design features like video backgrounds and image galleries. You can even add professional business solutions like an online store, booking system, or blog. I've personally tested and reviewed Wix on Best Techie and can say without a doubt that Wix is extremely easy to use and a great choice for both novice and advanced users. So go ahead, try it yourself. Go to Wix.com and create your own website today. That's Wix, W-I-X.com. I'm here with Mike Murphy, Deputy Tech Editor at Quartz, QZ.com. I don't know how you guys pulled off getting that domain, but that's like that's like one hell of a domain right there. So welcome, Mike. I'm glad I'm glad you're I'm glad you're here. We we're Twitter buddies, I guess we uh, uh we've been chatting on Twitter for a while. I've never actually spoken to you until just now, but uh, super stoked to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I I like to start off with this kind of really simple question about who you are, what you do. Obviously, you know, we know you by your title, Deputy Tech Editor at Quartz, and, uh, and we've, we've read your articles, but what, if you had to break it down on a day-to-day basis, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you do? Um, I would say that, you know, since, since I, I've taken on the role of Deputy Tech Editor, my, my job has shifted a little bit, but for the most part, I help, um, you know, manage our daily tech coverage at Quartz, um, our, our main tech editor. Matt Quinn is based in San Francisco, so I do a lot of the like morning stuff here and make sure everyone's got something they're working on and help them figure out the angles and things like that. Um, but I also still write, which is which is great, and I'm I'm really happy that I get to do both. So I um, also still lead our consumer electronics coverage and help out on the kind of futuristic stuff that I used to cover a lot more. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I noticed, and I I, I had spoken. Well, actually, it wasn't me, but when I was running my other company, Kaya, we ha- we hosted a podcast, uh, which was just called Know Your Audience, which is what Kaya stood for. But um, we had Thomas Page McBee on talking about uh, when I, he's not he's obviously uh, no longer at Quartz, but we had him on. And um, that was just such an interesting episode talking about one of the things I learned from that listening to that. We had I had a host who who in, who inter- did the interview and. There's a, you guys go for this thing called, you know, it has, to, it has to be quartzy, I believe, right? Is that, is that the term? It is, yes. So, so what is that, what, t- tell me what that means. What does that mean? Like an article that you guys publish on quartz has to be, it has to encompass what? I mean, that's a good one. It, it is, it, it's, it's weird because I'm, in some sense, I feel like you, you know it when you see it and it has to embody what we cover and we see ourselves as, the guide to the new global economy, um, you know, especially as things are changing and, and markets 
become you know more open or perhaps less open to globalization and you know there's this constant shift in in everything that affects our lives whether it's technology politics science um all of these play out on a global uh scale every day but when it comes to the things that are inherently quartzy in in my opinion it's taking those those topic areas the things that we tend to focus on and finding the unique insights or the the underreported information in a story something that's going to get you to stop and 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 kind of really question what you know about that topic or the sort of thing that you would you would want to um you know impress somebody at a at a bar or at a dinner party with um and the kind of the way that we we think about our writing style as well is if you were at a bar with your friend and wanted to explain something in the news what sort of the tone you would use to do that is kind of the tone that we we try to take when when we're writing something that makes sense actually i i, I get i think i I think I get that. So it's 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 not just voice though. It's it's also like the way the information is displayed, right? Because I know like uh, having having been an avid reader of the site for a while, like you guys use a lot of charts and stuff, but that are easy to kind of understand and that help you know I guess make the point, get the point across. Oh yeah, totally. We have this this uh, theory or kind of it literally is a chart uh, called the quartz <laughs> curve. Um, and effectively what that is supposed to symbolize, it's, it's a bell curve and what it's supposed to symbolize, it can mean a few different things, but what we tend to use it for now is we want to be on the two ends of the curve. If, um, if your axes are, um, length and, and depth. So we either want things to be, uh, short and insightful, um, that you can easily digest or, as in-depth as you can possibly be we don't like to fall in the middle we don't like to be you know the kind of traditional newspaper 500 word story that has like 200 words of throat clearing that before you actually get to the point right we want right. people to know right sometimes away. it's frustrating reading the new york times and getting through all of that just to get to the exactly. point <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so no that makes sense I, th- I think you guys do a great job I, i've always been a fan of the site one of the things that you know, I I also noticed, um, and I guess you and I guess you do less writing now than now that you're the deputy tech editor, or, or or, or is it or or are you doing around the same amount that you did prior? Um, I I think I probably am writing less. Um, which is which is not to say I'm you know I'm still trying to write like at least a story a day, but I was writing you know, on a good day, I'd write a couple a day. And, and now I'm, you know, focusing more on, on editing and, and helping people um, figure out their coverage. Right. So how, how many people, how many, how many, I guess on the tech staff, how many people are on, uh, as reporters do you, do you work with on a day-to-day basis? So uh, before I switch roles, there were seven of us and hopefully soon there will be seven again. So there's six, so, so there's six now, including yourself. Yes. Or, Okay, gotcha. Cool. So, so, and how is that staff split up? Just curious. Are you guys most, I mean, obviously you're in New York. Uh, you mentioned uh, colleagues also in California. So, uh, are you guys, are you, are you in New York and California or are you kind of all over the place? So on the, on the people who are just on the, the tech team, we are uh, just based in New York and, and San Francisco. But we used to have a guy who worked for us in London and, you know, that's 
we have a few people who are still over there and we have people, we have a guy who used to work for us in, in uh, Hong Kong. And, you know, one of the great things about courts is, yeah, that, that might be the team where they are now, but we have reporters covering things everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if there's a tech story that, you know, happens to be in a completely different time zone, we have writers out there and, you know, we have the expertise in a bunch of different places to, to help craft stories. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so this may be a more recent thing. I, 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 I've been following your work for a while, but I, I couldn't help when I was when I was when I was looking through your your your, your recent content at least that you've published on on Quartz uh, in preparation for talking to you for this uh, episode. One of the things I realized is you write about Apple a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. Um, probably, I think more than any other company that I uh, tech company that I've that I've seen in, in you know in your in your author profile. So it, it led me to this this theory based on how I know Quartz operates. Now I could be completely wrong here, so you tell me if I'm wrong. But does Apple content just do ridiculously much better than any other tech content? Um, I would say that probably once upon a time time that might have been true. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would argue that partially because Apple really hasn't done anything particularly groundbreaking in a while, and a lot of other companies are doing really exciting things. That has changed, um, but I I still cover Apple. I, I am effectively still on the beat of covering Apple. We have uh, reporters that look after all the big companies. We have someone on Amazon. We have someone on uh, Alphabet, and someone on Microsoft, and someone on Netflix. You know, um, so it's not just that I cover Apple because it's fun to cover Apple. Like, <laughs> I, I, I you know I. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm no, literally so, on a like a iPhone 10s Max. Got my iPad Pro in front of me. I got my AirPods <laughs> in, so I am kind of in that world still. But no, it just happens to be something that I've I've just had interest in for a long time. And the company's changing narrative and the fact that they are going from being probably the most exciting tech company in the world ever, maybe to a modern version of IBM is super interesting and well, one that I'm I want to yeah. follow still. Oh yeah, absolutely. So a couple questions from that because that that was some that was interesting. So the how did you fall into the Apple beat? Were you like always interested in it, or like the, did someone assign you to it and you just kind of like, all right, I'll do this, and then I just kind of like started enjoying their products and, and enjoying following the company, or was it something you always were interested in? I've always been interested in Apple as a company. I remember back in middle school, um, in our IT class, we we used Macs back then, and the teacher at the time had this great sign that he made that said, Windows 95 equals Mac 89. <laughs> uh, I was like, that's pretty good. That's, that's you know pretty ballsy, but uh, interesting. Um, and so I, it, it kind of always been on my radar it, at home growing up, I used windows computers, but I think when the iPod, uh, debuted and we got the original IMAX at school, I think I was in high school then. Um, I, I really got a sense of how exciting this company was, you know, obviously millions of people did and that's why they're so, so freaking rich now. But, that, you know, when I when I first went off to college, I asked if I could get a MacBook instead of uh, some weird Dell laptop that probably right, everyone else right. was using at the time. Um, right. I, so, I remember yeah, I remember considering that after my after my first summer job, I was like, I'm either getting a MacBook or or I'm going to get some like IBM, um, some some Windows laptop. 
Yeah. And I was so torn between what to get because I was really interested in the MacBook because uh, uh, Mac uh, OS ten kind of was just brand new. Yeah. Uh, at the time, and I ended up getting the Windows laptop, but <laughs> but down the road I ended up you know with the Mac products. But uh, so one of the other things you said that was really interesting before uh, before we jump to talking about the iPad a little bit was how Apple had in your view has has kind of evolved from one of the most if not the most exciting tech company to kind of like a a behemoth that's kind of just you know doing its thing to to maintain its dominance in uh in the industry totally what what um, makes you what makes you say that i i think there's there's a few indications and i know that like every time someone says that or something like that um you know there's uh, so many people out there who always say well look at the sales they're still doing phenomenally well and it's like well yeah because they're a behemoth and like it's not like their sales are going to fall off a cliff tomorrow they still make good products that are generally well considered and, and well designed like i have the new ipad pro and i was just finishing my review with the google pixel slate and you can see the difference in a company that thinks about design holistically and one that just is like well we should make something that kind of looks like this um it's it's night and day um but there are clearly soft areas in apple's business that are emerging you know, in their last earnings call, they, they said that they're going to stop uh, saying how many shipments or how many units they ship of all their products. Uh, you don't do that if you're doing well. And, you know, I, I, I made a chart of their growth in all of their product shipments over the last like five or six years. And everything has fallen off a cliff. They're they're more or less stable. Some of them have started to contract and they are indeed selling like fewer, I think, iPads and Macs than they ever have. But if they're if they're cutting off that piece of information to investors and switching to a model where they say all that matters and all that matters to you or should matter to you is how much money we make and how much money we bring in, um, that gives me reason to believe that they are concerned about the product strategy that they have for the near term. That being said, you know it could be like Microsoft who has wandered in the wilderness for like the better part of a decade and has now turned around and is producing both phenomenal hardware and is i think i haven't checked today but it was the most valuable company in the world on, on friday right. um, so you know maybe they are buying time as the fact that they are the richest company in the world and can continue to be for a while basically doing nothing new until they're ready to do some truly crazy things i'm just not sure if those truly crazy things really exist or if this is just a kind of shell game until they run out of money and 20 or 30 years time right which is super interesting to think about especially since i I recently read an article talking about how how jeff uh bezos kind of like lives his life as if amazon could die tomorrow Mm -hmm. um everything he does is with the mindset that amazon probably will be wiped out by another company in some x amount of years uh Mm. which is which is to say you know it's it seems so unlikely, but it, it's certainly possible. I mean, look at like, the, like IBM, for example, was a, be, a behemoth of a, a company, and I mean, they were torn down to you know sc- scrap metal essentially, uh, <laughs> relative to uh, these other companies that have come out, um, like Google and and Microsoft even, uh, and 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 Apple, and like it's just tech, the industry moves so fast. I think it's hard to. 
you know, you're here today, gone tomorrow type of thing, right? Where yeah, usually. Yeah, I mean, like we, we like we all think like, or, or just a lot of people probably think. I I mean, I think like okay, Apple. There's no way Apple is going anywhere, and like the iPhone is going to be the best phone on the market, right? But that's that's mm-hmm. that's not true. Like that 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 just we you know technology evolves. We may be not not using smartphones, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now. We, yeah, there may be something completely possible. different invented by a different company. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We're thinking about it in a kind of linear way and right. not assuming there's any more innovation or, or like disruption ever, which seems highly unlikely. Um, but when you're a company as big as Apple, you hope that the disruption comes from within. You know, when, right. when the iPhone came out, everyone was like, oh, this is going to kill iPod sales and that's going to cannibalize their own business. And it did do that, but they ended up making an absolute ton more money, so it didn't matter. Right. Um, is there something on the horizon that could be that next step change from Apple? I don't know. Yeah, I, honestly, it's hard to tell at this point. There's not there's you know they as you know they keep a tight lid on most things and even like those those car rumors you know which mm. have faded into yesteryear. I feel like after uh, you know some after some disappointing kind of leaks came out that they were having difficulty with that. Uh, I mean, I just don't, and I, honestly, I don't think a car is the answer to their problem, you know, any problem that they may have in the future yeah. either. Um, but yeah, so you, so, so you've been using, I want to jump topics slightly. You've been using the iPad a lot, the, the new iPad Pro uh, mm. a lot uh, as, as part of your uh, review. And I, I believe you also bought one personally, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I which really one, like which it. one did you get? So I went for the 10 inch, I was, I was, or 11 inch, sorry. I was in the store and I had both in my hand and I really was leaning towards the bigger one because at the end of the day, they're so freaking expensive at either price. It didn't, it wasn't that much of a difference. Right. Yeah. If you're going to um, shell out that, that amount of cash, yeah. you might as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I ended up going for the smaller one and I'm, I'm happy I did because I've already used it in a bunch of places where even the bigger size probably wouldn't have fit. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever been on, on Amtrak, they have these, um, like the, the tray tables aren't just like a flat tray for some reason. They have like a, a lip, which I guess mm-hmm. makes sense because it's a train and everything could like fall off or something, but laptops don't fit on it. It's the most annoying thing in the world to type on. You're like <laughs> at an angle. Um, but the iPad fits perfectly, which is great. And I've been on tiny planes. I literally was on a prop plane that had like freaking 30 seats on it uh, about a month ago and it had like half of a tray table like i folded it down i'm like oh where's where's the rest of it <laughs> um, but the ipad worked there and that's the thing i you know i'm very privileged to be able to get to travel a lot for work and so something like the ipad that's light and still powerful and tiny um it's it's really been perfect for that so and so, so here's the ultimate question, right? Because this is what everyone wants to know, and I and you've written a bit about this already. So if you mm-hmm. haven't written read Mike's article on this, you should. We'll we'll have to link to it. Um, but can it can can the iPad Pro replace your computer, your main your I, main laptop? I think it really depends what your main laptop is. Like, I still have a work computer that you know I, at work I have a MacBook Pro that I was given. And if I'm doing, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think, you know, sometimes they do Photoshop stuff, but if I'm doing uh, some heavy data analysis, if I'm trying to like go through 50 years of stock charts or something like that, I want a big screen 
with a powerful, you know, a powerful CPU and a freaking mouse for that. I, I mm. honestly do. I can't see that changing anytime soon just because I can't think of another way that we can like deftly manipulate um, large information uh, than the mouse. I think the mouse is kind of perfect and it kind of shows considering what was it yesterday or the day before was the, the what 60th anniversary of the invention of the mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy how well it stood the test of time. And as much as Steve jobs loved to say that our fingers are the original, like, input device or something like that it's like that's only true up to a point and that's why we've had a mouse for forever that being Mm -hmm. said i think that what i need on a day-to-day basis like when i'm on the couch or when i'm at my desk at home or even today i got to work and the stupid wireless apple mouse or uh, keyboard i had was out of battery so (laughs) and i'm reviewing this um all right i just finished reviewing this giant uh monitor that only has USB-C in- inputs so i couldn't charge the keyboard <laughs> and i had to take <laughs> the keyboard put it off to the side in a spare like outlet and plug it in and then i just gave up on my computer and used my ipad for like an hour while the thing charged it, it does like i have it out in front of me right now and there's nothing work related other than like heavy data lifting that I, that I can't do. That being said, there are a ton of people where it, it wouldn't be the best fit. Like if you are a programmer, obviously as much as Tim Cook wants us using like Swift playgrounds, like that's not what an actual developer is gonna wanna use to do real work on. Right. But I, I struggle with this concept of like real work versus like what most people do. I think that perhaps the, real, the right way to think about it is like, you have been used to doing things a certain way for a really long time. Does that mean it's the best way? Does that mean it's the only way? And for 90% of my life, this is fine. And I understand that fine is not necessarily a uh, word that people want to hear when it comes to the device that they're spending a lot of money on. And I totally get that. And that's why I think, you know, a MacBook or a MacBook Air might be the best option for a lot of people. But <laughs> I have a bad back. And I think I said this in my article. It's like, I want the <laughs> latest thing. I can carry around with me on a daily basis. And um, I I really haven't struggled with anything other than, you know, like fiddly stuff like Apple. Yeah, it's not a full operating system, but the real issue for me is that like file management is still weird. Like you have to save photos into iPhoto or photos now, which is like fine if your iPad is your only device. But now I've got like next to the photos of my family and my girlfriend on my computer's iPhoto and my phone. I've got like screenshots I took on my iPad. <laughs> like, like for an stupid. article. Or so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, or things I've like mark, marked up with the Apple Pencil, which is also a waste of money and I almost returned that, but then I was too late and so I couldn't. But, um, <laughs> I, that's one of the things I didn't, I didn't pull the trigger on that. I just don't, I just don't have the need for that. Although I, yeah. it's, I, when I bought the, when I bought the new iPad uh, Pro, I, my my wife is like, get me the pencil because. But I gave her my old iPad Pro, so I had to get the older pencil. But she loves it because uh, she yeah. she loves drawing on the like they have these apps where you can like it's like coloring books. She just loves drawing like mm. for, to relax and just chill out, and uh, she really enjoys the pencil. But I I wouldn't have any use case for it. Uh, but that being said, like what's really interesting is like now you with, with the USB C right you can you could you could plug that iPad that your new iPad Pro into into that monitor right and then mm. but the problem is you still don't have the mouse which is what you need for kind of 
organizing and sifting through all that all that data <laughs> yeah yeah totally that that's yeah. the real thing and yeah i mean I, but go ahead i you know i i was just reviewing the pixel slate which does have um a mount a trackpad built into its keyboard case but that honestly the, there were so many other problems with the device that like that isn't a reason alone to get one and like microsoft's on the surface they have one and they also have uh you have the ability to connect a regular mouse over Bluetooth. I, I can't imagine that in like five more years, Apple won't offer that. I just wish they would do it now. Cause that's really the only thing that I think is holding it back from being a truly useful device at all times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. Like one of my, one of my key issues with, with the iPad and I, I love it. I use it mostly for consuming content as I don't really do much work on it, but, mm. um, but, but the reason for that is because I always find myself having to, or I'm typing, and then I have to bring my finger up and touch the screen to, you know, mm. to tap on something or to, to if, if I'm or if I'm writing an article or whatever, then I have to, you know, a, a, adjust, you know, to put in a word or something. It just, it requires, it's just too much work <laughs> while doing work, <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And it's weird how that, like, little, like, movement of a couple inches to like poke the screen as opposed to just you know moving your thumb to poke a trackpad it really does slow you down yeah absolutely um but i try and use like keyboard shortcuts as much as i can and like you know command tab and things like that are a real help and most of the apps have like the their desktop equivalents keyboard shortcuts which really helps um though bizarrely slack which drives me crazy for some reason if you like tab into slack it doesn't automatically let you start typing you have to tap the screen to do it and it's like mm. little things like that that are yeah just like, little definitely little things like that yeah it'll get better because you know that's a third party thing that's not something apple can control but like right you know if it had a mouse it wouldn't be an issue <laughs> exactly so let let's let's change gears slightly because this i want i want to talk a little bit about um since we are almost at uh christmas hanukkah just passed um mm. And this is we're doing this episode will be released and it's going to be a little bit before Christmas. And I want to talk a little bit about gifts and things, but uh, I know that you, one of the things you uh, recently wrote that you were kind of sad to have to give back. Uh, one of the things you reviewed was the Lenovo Smart Display, which I guess mm. also kind of doubles as a, a smart speaker, right? Mm. Um, what what where do you stand on smart speakers like the Echo, HomePod, Google Home, Smart Display by Lenovo? So worth buying? I, yeah, I, I personally have an Echo, and I've had it, I think, since like 2015. I've had it pretty much since the beginning. I really like it for certain things. I was listening to a talk yesterday about, you know, the the guy who was speaking saying that like these things can do thousands of things. We all do like three things with them, and I, I honestly think that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's true of like the iPhone. Like this is a supercomputer in my pocket, and I'm usually on it just to like go on Twitter. Right, you're on Twitter, Instagram, and, and you're texting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's another reason why I think the iPad is fine enough for, as a computer for most people, because it's all we do. Um, but when it comes to smart home, I, I, I think that like there's been a lot of friction, not at the um, the actual home hub level, but in the greater like ecosystem. Um, I think that what Google and um, Amazon have done with their devices is, is really quite good. I, I think the I, I'm constantly surprised at how well 
Alexa understands me, even if she can't always get the answer I'm after. And the fact that Google has effectively created a voice-based version of their website is amazing to me. Um, that being said, there were issues with, you know, I have three different brands of smart plugs in my tiny apartment, which is like ridiculous in and of right, itself. Right. And I realized that, but, um, <laughs> you know, getting everything to talk to each other can be a hassle and hopefully that, that side of it gets easier. But when it comes to smart homes in general, I, I don't know. I think they're pretty, they're pretty good. I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that they're great because on the one hand, yes, it makes things so much easier for me when I can just say like, Alexa, goodbye and it turns off everything in my apartment and I don't have to worry about it but then there's also a device that's in my bedroom that's listening to me at all times even if it's not apparently recording right. and it's a trade-off in privacy that I don't know if it's necessarily the right decision to make and I don't know if we think about it enough um, and I think there are other devices that I trust less um, that I wouldn't necessarily let into certain rooms like i am not gonna ever buy a facebook portal like that just <laughs> like a terrible decision um, absolutely but, I, I don't i don't know anyone who's who's planning on buying one <laughs> so you're not alone <laughs> um but like when it comes to google their whole business revolves around getting as much insight into us as possible i it's weird i almost feel like i don't mind amazon as much because in my opinion Amazon doesn't have one of these these like heartfelt uh, you know goals where they're like oh we want to make the world a better place like every tech company does they are blind capitalists Amazon just wants as much of your money as possible which obviously has its own downsides and we don't really need another like Rockefeller but I I feel like they're all they ever want from me is more money and at least they're telling the truth about it at least they're yeah, honest exactly whereas like you know even today you know, Sundar Pichai is is in Congress being grilled by by senators about what Google tracks you, and you can tell like he's not lying; he's definitely equivocating about right. things. Like he says that he believes that uh, the average Android user understands what sorts of uh, things they're giving Google, and I'm like, that's not true. You think anybody reads the terms of service? That's BS. Um, right. And so I think that we need to have a, a, a better conversation about the sorts of things we're handing over. That being said, that's a, that is something that is fixable. And I do think automation, at least in the home of stuff that you have control of, that doesn't necessarily need to leave the home. Like I could have a, a home that's completely automated, but it's all locally controlled. And there none of these devices have access to the outside world. Right. I think that's awesome, um, and I think that that's definitely going to be a possibility. I mean, it's possible now, but I think that's something that's going to be more easily achievable in the near future. Yeah, I, I mean, there there have been companies out there that did the same thing with kind of uh, like storage, like like you know, like there's Dropbox, but then there have been companies out there, uh, one of which I reviewed in, a long time ago, uh, that that basically called Lima, basically. Mm. You plug in your own external your external drive, and you, it's accessible in your network and through an app on your phone and your your iPad, and it just hosted at your house. No one else yeah. has access to it. Um, one of the things that I I noticed you didn't mention during this conversation of smart speakers was HomePod. 
<laughs> which which I which I personally I, I I it's a long story, but I, I ended up getting one for free because Apple messed something up terribly for me. Um, I'll have to tell you that another time. <laughs> um, but basically, I, I ended up selling it because it it's not that. It, I'll just go out and say it, it sucks. It's I mean it it does it, it has great sound. It, I mean, but I have two thousand dollar speakers that I enjoy listening to music on. Yeah, and I'm not. I'd rather listen on those than my HomePod. I mean, that's Apple's <laughs> whole shtick in general. Like they say, yeah. their AirPods are like the best sound you can get in a wireless earbuds. It's like they're. I love my AirPods. I'm using them right now because they're great for something like this. They are not very good headphones. Um, and I, I think you're right. Like I don't know who that discerning customer is that has that much money that isn't just going to buy actual nice speakers. And I don't know what our Apple Apple will do in the in the future, but I think that Amazon's approach of you know and and Google copied as well with the the Home Mini, but making smaller devices that can connect and and still uh, do all of the cloud related things, but rely on your own speakers um, makes way more sense uh, for a lot of people that want to spend cash on good speakers. Like unless unless Apple's going to go out and buy. Uh, Bang and Olsen or something like that. Yeah. You know, any brand that has actual cred in in stereo equipment, they're not even that great. Um, <laughs> I didn't want. I, I didn't want to say anything. I just figured I'd go along with it. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good brand that people would know. Like, uh, and I got nothing. Um, but you know, unless you're going to actually go out and buy someone, you know, they bought Beats. That that right. gave them a cool factor. But they again, they're terrible headphones. Um, I, I can't see what the market for the home pod is and on top of that siri is the freaking worst we all know real, that. I, like, that's what i was gonna say I, that's what i was gonna just i was just gonna say that on, on top of everything you just said like there's there's no it has it has no capability like i can't do you can't do anything with it and and there's no third party you know you know app store like alexa has all those skills and stuff like yeah you would think out of, out of all the companies who are going to release a product that has that was a smart whatever you want to call it, phone, speaker, whatever, they that Apple would realize that an app store is critical for that. Mm. <laughs> that uh, that's true, but they yeah. they take their time um, releasing stuff like that. And, you know, even the app store came a year after the iPhone, more than a right, year after the true. iPhone did. Yep. But, um, you know, things with, like, Siri integrations on the phone, what was that, I think WWDC 2017? Yeah. They... They take their time because they want to make the experience good, which is laudable. But the problem is that when your competitors are just trying to make sure you even have an experience, people are going to leave and go to that. I mean, it's one of the reasons that people like Samsung is that they make a lot of weird choices in their like <laughs> gimmicky stuff they put in phones, but they're trying. And a lot of it sticks in the end. You know, the samsung's note line of phones was written off by critics as like a ridiculous thing that no one ever won like why did they make this and, and now then they have the, the fire phones. gate but yeah but you're right yeah. it's still popular <laughs> yeah it's still like literally the phone exploded on people and people are still buying them I and mean, that shows how popular they are so let, let let's 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 keep talking about uh gadgets and let's talk gifts a little bit obviously it's the holiday season i'm curious if you have any top tech gifts that you're recommending or that you would love to have yourself this year there there definitely are some things i'd love to have um i i did a story uh, a few weeks ago on like all of the things i reviewed this year that i wish i didn't <laughs> have to return right um one of them was very sad i just returned the apple watch series 4 that apple uh lent me 
and I'm back on my Series Three, which kind of feels like going from the an screen HDTV. must feel like it's like a yeah, it's like, tiny. It's like, like a million times smaller. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would really like to have one of those again. Um, you mentioned the the Lenovo Smart Display. I think if you want a uh, smart home hub that has a, a screen, that's my favorite right now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if that'll be the case for forever. And you know that was introduced at CES last year, so I assume there'll be something even jazzier this year. But right. design wise, that that's my favorite. Uh, I personally don't know if I need a screen for that because, as I said, I've got this this iPad and that's kind of with me at all times. Um, and then one thing I would love, but again, it's like you know, so many things. The great the great thing about the holidays is you can get you hope to get things that you wouldn't necessarily buy yourself. And I don't know if my you know anyone else is listening, but I would love <laughs> <laughs> DJI's most recent uh, drone. I I uh, have a small drone that they make called the Spark, which is just a lot of fun, um, but cannot stand up to. Like, even if I breathed on it too strongly, I think it would go flying out of the air. Um, but their, their newer drones, the, the Mavic Pro 2, is the best drone I have ever reviewed. And it makes everyone good at photography. I am not a good... Like, I, I, I can take a photo fine, but I am not Ansel Adams. My photos are coming out on the review unit like, oh, these could be a National Geographic. And I, I just love it. I really have a lot of fun flying them. Um, but other than that, I think the, the kinds of stuff I'd, I'd recommend for like people that are interested in, you know, want to give tech gifts for people. I do think that uh, smart plugs are a super easy way into automation. And mm-hmm. I forget what year it was. I think it was two years ago. I got my parents a Wemo smart plug, which is made by Belkin. And, um, I took it out of the packaging and set it up the night before Christmas and didn't tell them I was doing this. And um, came down in the morning for Christmas. There's a little stuff there. And I said, oh, you know, I just want to let you know, I, I got you one present, but I, I didn't wrap it. And I went, Alexa, turn on the Christmas tree. And the Christmas tree lights up on, you know, <laughs> on its own. And they were like, oh, my God, that's amazing. So, you know, after Christmas – they used it for uh, like as a dimmer switch or as a timer uh, on a light in their living room. But I think like that's such a simple thing that like a lot of people can easily get. And they're like thirty bucks. Um, right. You can control them with your phone if you don't have. You can a, get them on Amazon other. for really cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I I always think those make good, um, pretty affordable tech presents. Um, other than that, I think AirPods are still, you know, they're not the best sound, but they're the the smallest, most convenient uh, wireless earbuds I've used. I've had a pair for two years now, and I still absolutely love them. Yeah, I, I was talking to someone on Twitter earlier. He's like, does anyone who have, have AirPods who does not like them? And I was like, <laughs> me. <laughs> Oh really? I I bought them on a whim when I was standing in line for the Series Three Apple Watch, um, which uh, was like two years ago or a year a year ago. Um, yeah. And and I saw them and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll just get them. And the problem with them is they they are good they are good for their price range for what you know. And the only problem is they don't stay in my ears. I I, can, I literally cannot walk down the street without them falling out of my ears. I must oh, have really? really weird ears. Uh, so I, know I recommend them to anyone who 
Who has small ears? <laughs> <laughs> I rec- yeah, anyone who does not who does not have uh, a, a weird thing is that you can actually go to the Apple Store and ask to try them on. They they mm. have a pair that they obviously clean them, um, <laughs> but you can go walk around the Apple Store with them in your ears if you want to try it out. I recommend it before you buy them. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely agree, and it's the same with the watch to a degree. They have them there to try out. Um, yeah. Sometimes things look cool, and then you actually get them, and then they're just not a fit for you. That happens to me all the time at sneakers, and I'm like, still want to buy them, and they go under. Someone else will be like, that's a terrible idea. They're just going to hurt your feet. I'm like, okay, they look cool. Just not smart. <laughs> I, I, I am a sucker for, for things like that as well. Um, <laughs> so one of the other things that uh, with the holiday season here, obviously, is that CES is just around the corner, right? Uh, yeah. You alluded to uh, Lenovo's the smart display coming out last year at CES. Anything? Are you looking forward to anything this year at CES? Are you first of all? Are you going to CES? And and uh, I, if, uh, I am indeed. So that's going to be fun. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you, um, that's it's it's always it's always uh, I don't know how would you put it a party. It, <laughs> it's yeah, I, it's like four to six days of non-stop like work and partying at the same time in any moment it's it's super weird I, mean, I don't think there's anything else other than maybe south by southwest where i go to parties for work and right. it's so strange like you invariably walk like 10 miles every day you see so much stuff literally everyone in the world is trying to pitch you there's like four things that are cool and you don't and then they don't sleep. actually they just turn into vaporware Oh yeah, yeah, nine times out of ten. Yeah. Or they come back the next year and they go, oh, "Okay, it works this time." It's like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I find it very enjoyable. I had never been to Vegas before the first time I went to CES, and I had this like experience of like I assumed I would hate it, and I ended up kind of loving it from this like anthropological standpoint of like this is. You know, when people talk about, like, New York being the melting pot of America, it no, CES and Las Vegas in general is the melting pot of America. It's like everyone wants to be here for a weird specific reason in this place that never sleeps and you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so exceedingly zany and nuts and 24 hours and nonstop. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of amazing. I, I will go back whenever asked even if i invariably get sick because you don't sleep for five days and everyone's from all over the world so everyone is sick right and you you come back you come back sick oh yeah <laughs> yeah um all right well i i uh i i wish you the best of luck with ces <laughs> i hope you have a lot of fun I, I will not be i will not be attending uh <laughs> but um but I, i'm sure it'll be great so Let's 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 change topics from from gadgets and stuff a little bit because you're an avid Twitter user, right? I mean, like I you basically live on the site. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's like you know when you do those like um, uh, on your phone when it tells you how much battery each app is taking up. Twitter is like right. invariably a quarter of my whole battery life. <laughs> okay, so you're a good person to talk to about this. I think. <laughs> so I, I I gotta ask because like especially with recent you know Jack obviously CEO of Twitter Jack Dorsey. Recently shared some photos of him in uh, Myanmar, and mm-hmm. and it, it just kind of was I don't know it just felt very what's the word I want to use uh, 
in poor taste, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I would say um, that's yeah. Do I got? I got. Do you think? Do you think Jack actually gets Twitter? Like it? Like <laughs> at, in terms of what it actually is, as opposed to what he thinks it is. I, I I don't know. It's hard because on the one hand he's the CEO and he is busy in such a way. But he's also the to... CEO of Square. True, and that <laughs> yeah. doesn't help either. Being the CEO of two companies, um, I, I question the decision over the years to hire a board of people that don't use um, the app and hire executives that don't use the app. Dorsey mm-hmm. does use the app, and he like. I have trolled him and he has responded, which is phenomenal. That's right. Uh, you know, other than Elon Musk, I don't think anyone of great importance jumps into social media quite that regularly. Um, so I do think to a degree he understands, but I don't know. I, I just think that there's, there's a disconnect between how I believe he thinks his actions are going to be perceived and how most people on a platform that is literally a fire hose of information at all times where every opinion happens at once and sarcasm and being funny are generally valued over being considerate you know so when that is your audience like when that is what you're posting into it's hard to be earnest i think he is mm-hmm. earnest but i don't think twitter as a product is I think that it's full of, um, you know, like like every other site on the internet, it's it's full of everything that's wrong with humanity, um, and it's also a place where everything that's great about humanity um, can happen. I actually met my girlfriend because of a Twitter hashtag like five years ago. I mean, that's phenomenal. That is amazing. Um, uh, technology, but, uh, you know, has has its benefits. I met yeah. I met my wife, you know, through through uh, a chat room. When she had a, uh, a malware infection, <laughs> it was not it was not intended at all. It just happened. So <laughs> that's crazy. So yeah. So yeah, it's hard to say that it's you know he's created this part of the group that created this like monster that is all bad and that he is completely disconnected. I would say that he's more connected than a lot of the CEOs are to their products in general. I'd, I'd love to know if, you know, IBM CEO Ginny Rometty is like constantly diving into IBM Blue Mix. I sincerely doubt it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why would she be? Um, or, you know, Zuckerberg is on Facebook a lot, but I do wonder if it's actually him half the time. Also, he is not human. I think he's an alien. So. Right. And, and he has a team of photographers who follows him around all the time. Yeah, all the exactly. pictures yeah, so, are staged. <laughs> Dorsey, Dorsey, I think is um, is a little less um, considered than he should be, or perhaps just doesn't care. Um, but like, you don't go to a war torn country that is <laughs> facing one of the greatest humanitarian crises of our time and go, "I had a great time meditating with my Apple Watch." Like right. everything about that is wrong. Like, a boasting about it is like the opposite of what you're supposed to do. B, go anywhere else. Go to Thailand. <laughs> Just go somewhere where there isn't a massive humanitarian crisis fueled by social media right. going on. Um, I, I just found it, it very 
in very poor taste for him to have done that. Um, but then again, that's kind of his shtick is like, I like to uh, present, you know, he likes to present himself in a certain way. Um, whether that is something that we all think is a normal way for a CEO of two companies to be acting. It's, you know, right. I mean, he also had, he also had a recent, uh, kerfluffle, if you will, where he went, when he went to India, um, and he wore some shirt or something. I don't remember the exact details, but there was a, a big brouhaha about it, how, how Twitter could be, uh, inconsiderate to something. Uh, the cast system, uh, I think is what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he always kind of steps in it. Or when he yeah. went to Congress wearing that vampire shirt, it's like, right. He just does his own thing, but maybe he shouldn't. That's why you have like a PR team for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, so I want to get to this last question real quick before we get to our lightning round. Um, this is something that I uh, I love any insight you have here because I think um, obviously you've been at Quartz now for a little over four years. And Quartz has been doing a really great job, I feel like, navigating the media landscape, especially as it's been so uh, turbulent, if you <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, I think they've done a better job than most other companies. Uh, just curious if you have any thoughts in terms of what it, what it, what attributed uh, to that kind of uh, success in the space. Well, I appreciate you saying that. You know, I've been here for a large part of Quartz's existence now, and yeah, it does feel like we've we've weathered storms where others might not have. Um, I, I think, on the one hand, we we never did anything that was too rash, in my opinion. You know, we do a ton of stuff these days, um, but we never pivoted to something. We never went all in on video. We never went all in on Facebook. We never went all in on. I don't know, LinkedIn, like we do all of those things. We have done all of those things, but I think in the, the, um, foresight of our, our executive team, uh, especially Kevin Delaney and, and Jay Loff are, are, uh, are now co-CEOs, which is an interesting title. Uh, just their foresight in how the media landscape constantly is changing. So it makes sense yourself to constantly change, but not do these like hard pivots that we've seen so many other companies do. We also never took, um, you know, venture money. Mm-hmm. We, we never we never took money that was um, attached to 10x growth or exits or things like that. We were started by the Atlantic by a person who cared deeply about the state of the media and wanted to try something new. And you know, we're we're now part of Uzabase. Um, right. And I you got think yeah our, recent acquisition. We did in yeah. August, I think it was, um, and. I think in our, our new leader, Yusuke, we have someone who also really respects um, the media. And obviously with his company, NewsPix, which we've now folded into our own Quartz app, which honestly I love. I think I would be on it even if I didn't work here. Um, we've just got someone who, who cares about the direction of the company. You know, we're doing new things that maybe we wouldn't have done if we'd stayed as part of the Atlantic. But I think by being level-headed and trying not to get ahead of ourselves ever um as, as best as possible and, and be realistic you know um there are tougher years than than others uh sometimes and, and not getting too down on that not doubling down on like the kind of traffic equivalent of get rich quick schemes um we've we've managed to survive and i think we hopefully will only keep doing better 
words to live by, I think, and I think we'll have to we'll have to end on that positive note, and and let's jump into the lightning <laughs> the lightning round now, which of course is supported by Wix. You can create a professional website today. That's wix.com. That's wix.com. So Mike, it's been great having you on, um, and I'm excited to do this with you. So whenever you're ready, you let me know, and we'll get started. Alrighty, I'm I'm ready. All right, here here we go. What word do you always misspell? Uh, Tesla. I say Tesla. <laughs> that's that's oh. an interesting one. I I could see I could see that one. I for me, it's entrepreneur. I always said I had a lot of trouble spelling that one. I think I finally got it down though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what would you do if you were invisible for a day? Oh man, I would definitely like go sit in first class or in, in something where you couldn't see me uh, probably wouldn't get dressed I mean it's really cold out now so I don't know but definitely lounge around in less clothes than you should just show up to the office naked exactly <laughs> cool uh, do you play any instruments if so which I do I play the guitar uh, the uh, piano and the banjo not very well all of them not very well, or just the banjo not very well? Uh, particularly the banjo, but definitely all of them. <laughs> what's got to tell me? What's the difference between the the guitar and the banjo in terms of yeah how, how it's played? Uh, with the banjo, you're definitely doing more like finger picking. Mm-hmm. You, you, I mean, you can strum it. That's basically what I do because I suck at it. But it's meant to be more of a melody instrument. I mean, a yeah melody instrument rather than like a rhythm instrument. Cool. T I L. If you could eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh, man. Uh, tacos, um, gnocchi, and falafels. Cool. All right. Batman or Superman? Batman. Nice. That's a good pick. He's my pick, too. Uh, last one. Will Twitter have an edit button in 2019? No. <laughs> I, I'm going to hold you to that. I... I, I, I... <laughs> I agree with you, but I, I hope I hope we're both wrong. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, it's been wonderful having you on. It's been a lot of fun. If anyone wants to get in touch with you after listening to this, what's the best way for them to do that? As we've discussed, I am always on Twitter at MCWM. I will be there in two minutes probably. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. All right, Mike. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day, and uh, I look forward to keeping in touch. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.